This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Patterson Program, where you'll learn how to improve your health from the inside out. And now, your host, Clint Patterson. Thanks for joining me on the Patterson Podcast. I've got the lovely and beautiful Katie with me today. Hello, Katie. Hi. <laughs> now, you've become such an inspiration to people inside our community support forum with the amount of progress that you've made so far. You've had rheumatoid arthritis for a very long time. In fact, you've barely known life without it being diagnosed at only 10 months old. So before we hear your whole story, perhaps... Uh, Give us a little sample of what we might hear in the rest of this episode. Just some bullet points of how far you've come since you've embraced the program and also um, made lots of changes with your exercise. Well, let's see. You know, ever since I can remember, I've been in pain. It's all I've ever, you know, it's all I've ever known. I've been on, you know, medications my whole life, been on different drugs, a wide variety of drugs. My arthritis also caused um, some eye problems, so I have a disease called uveitis, which is inflammation of the eyes, um, and then that in turn caused glaucoma, and then that in turn caused cataracts, which I've had to have taken out. So yeah, a lot of a lot of <laughs> surgeries and stuff at a very young age that I've had to deal with. Uh, a lot of loneliness, just feeling like, you know, like no one really understood what I was going through. You know, I mean, I know my parents loved me and everything, but, you know, they didn't know exactly. And um, so, yeah, just dealing with all that and, and then just, you know, getting to the point in my life where I just felt like, there had to be something else. Like there had to be something to help. And, uh, and so I just started going different natural paths instead. Nothing like that really helped either. And, um, and then just randomly your site popped up on my Facebook and clicked on it and uh, <laughs> and then yeah then the rest is just it's crazy how how just that that one little thing just changed it's it's completely changing my my whole life and it's it's amazing and yeah cool cool all right we'll get into more specifics as we go Let's talk about your struggle a little more. I mean, at, at, at 10 months old, I mean, we have a 13-month-old daughter called uh, Arielle and, uh, you know, she's she's just walking into walls and, you know, just getting used to walking and things. I mean, at 10 months old, which is, you know, even a few months younger than her, you wouldn't have even known at when you sort of were experiencing the initial problems until many years later when you sort of just were finding that you had joint pains and were being told by parents, yeah, this has been going on for a period of time. So, you know, what was your first recollection of your body not working the way that it was for other people? You know, it, it's kind of hard to pinpoint a time 
there, I feel like there's points in my life where I just completely either blocked it out or I just don't remember. But there are periods, you know, I remember going to church and, and having my parents carry me into the, into the church because I, you know, it was just too painful to walk and, you know, and watching all the other kids run around and, you know, go outside and play games and stuff. And I couldn't really do that. And then just like waking up, you know, like in the middle of the night, my, my legs would at some point would be get stuck bent. And, uh, and so I just remember, you know, needing to go to the bathroom and just being like, do I, do I just wet the bed or do I actually just like crawl to the bathroom? You know, it's just so painful. And, you know, and I just remember, you know, crawling into the bathroom and then in the morning I would, uh, crawl into the bathtub and sit there for like a whole hour just waiting for my knees to straighten in the hot water somehow I knew that hot water helped and uh, <laughs> so that's what I would do every single morning I'd wake up really early and that's what I would was the first thing I would do John as, as a parent listening to this picturing you going through that and imagining what it would be like from both a parental point of view and also imagining it from being you as a child. I mean, it hurts to just listen to, let alone, have, you know, experience it. You know, it's just, you know, it's very uncomfortable to to hear about such challenges to, to children, let alone as adults, as we both know and have been through as adults. The condition is just so excruciatingly bad. And as a child, when you don't feel you also have the abilities or you know, resourcefulness to actually work out what's going on and to try and do deal with it, you feel, you know, helpless as well. So, look, you know, you have been through uh, terrible stuff. So uh, normally we would spend more time in this particular part of the conversation, but it's let's, let's talk about nicer things. Let's talk about the new Katie, the Katie that's leaving behind the pain, leaving behind that that difficult part of your childhood. Of course, there's probably lots of wonderful parts of your childhood, but also a lot of challenges that no one should have to put up with. So let's talk about what you're doing now. Let's talk about what's working. And I want you to um, share some of the, um, some of these things with, with listeners or people who are watching this. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I started, started your program. I remember just being like, you know, just laying in bed, just crying from, going home from work and, and just, you know, and, uh, and just being like, okay, you know, I'm going to watch your video and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. So, um, so I started it and three days, it was into the third day of your program that I really started to notice huge changes already. And, um, to where my, my right arm straightened out quite a bit which is crazy. It's never gotten that straight before. So isn't it nuts? <laughs> isn't it absolutely nuts to think that what are you now? You must, how old are you now? 26. Right. So you're 26. And since the age of 10 months, you've never taken a period where you haven't eaten or you haven't eaten 
in a way that can give your body a break. I was the same. For me, it was my cherry situation or cherry incident, right? You have this intervention taking all of the responsibility away from the digestive system and saying, hey, you know, you take a break for a couple of days, unbelievable results. Um, so, wow. Okay, so what what a pivotable point. Okay, so then you've had these, and I've seen the photographs of that. You sent the comparison, and if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind putting it on the, tran- the transcription of this on the, on the blog post, the comparison. So your arm's starting to straighten out after just three days, so you must have been pumped at that point. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, there's there's no turning back, you know. You know, I mean, it was it was hard at first, you know, being not being able to eat, you know, whatever I wanted and stuff, you know, and being at work and watching them eat their desserts and their cakes, and I was stuck with my grains and you know, <laughs> salads and stuff. And, but you know, but as I as I saw improvements, it just started getting easier and. I actually really starting to enjoy the foods, you know, then starting the Bikram yoga was also huge for me. I didn't really know what I was getting into at first, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's been crazy. Um, let's see, like, uh, people have told me that my, my skin just looks so much healthier and like lighter and just really good and I was like I mean more than five people have told me that throughout this program and I'm just like oh like I never realized that my skin didn't like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you sort of start the thing hang on did I have problems before <laughs> yeah. um, but you know I have also noticed I before this program I was all up and down my legs I would have bruises like constantly just small ones, big ones, all the time, just boosters. But, you know, as soon as I started this program, they went away, and really they have not come back at all, ever. Like, I don't have any bruises anymore. Wow. That's a confidence booster as well, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Now, what about medications? Let's talk about things that you take sort of regularly for low pain well, not for low pain, but uh, the, the sort of over-the-counter stuff or ways that you've experimented with reducing pain in that way. And also the big stuff, the heavy stuff, whether or not you were put early onto some of the disease-modifying drugs and later on to biologics. I mean, what did the medical profession put forward to you over the course of your 26 almost years? Yeah. Well, when I was... First diagnosed, they had me on a whole bunch of stuff. They had me on like prednisone, uh, aspirin, steroids, Planquil, and uh, and then when I turned one, they switched me over just to methotrexate. And then so I was on that for the next oh, 11, 10. They started tapering me off of that when I was 10. Started switching me slowly over to Embrel. Um, and, uh, the Embrel is what really helped. I don't know if the methotrexate really helped that all that much in my earlier years. Um, I was, you know, because I, I was in a, I actually used a walker when I was really small and then I, at some point was using crutches, you know, 
So I don't know if the methotrexate really helped, but um, the Embryl definitely helped my mobility and stuff. So yeah, then so I've been on Embryl since I was 10. I've been taking the shots. And then just recently, about four years ago, is when I started, is when I complained to my doctor that I really needed some pain relief, um, especially because of my job. It was, my, my first job was just, the first couple of years were just horrible, you know, because I wasn't used to being on my feet eight hours a day, you know, so I would come home from work just, just limping and crawling to my bed, and it was horrible. So that's when I went to my doctor. I was like, I need something, like, (laughs) please give me something. So he put me on Vicodin, and, uh, you know, so that's what I've been using so far. And, you know, it's helped – it's helped to numb it, but I still have the pain and, but it just kind of made it so that I was able to do my job and stuff without bawling my eyes out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, so that's, so I was taking up to four plus pills a day of Vicodin. And then on top of that, I had to take stool softeners because it constipated me pretty bad. But yeah, but since I've been on this program, I am down to taking one to two pills a day. And then only when I'm at work, like I don't have to take it outside of work anymore. So that's amazing. That's awesome. (laughs) And, you know, and I've been working on the same bottle since March. So that's like, you know, because before that I was taking 120 pills a month. Yeah. And so far, I've been this one bottle that I've had since March is 120, and I've been able to, you know, it's been like three months on the same bottle. It's like crazy. Like, you know, normally when people are on that, it goes up, it doesn't go down, you know, but now it's going down. So it's like. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And at some point, with the way that you're going, let's hope that you won't need that at all. If, uh, you know, your symptoms become so non-existent. Okay, so what I'm picking up is that you went on and just an absolute sort of, you know, uh, collection of different pharmaceuticals when you were tiny. And then after a little while, a few months later, they uh, got your condition must somewhat stable, put you on the methotrexate. You're on that for about nine years. And then at 10, you went across onto the Enbrel. And then finally, the Enbrel was actually quite successful for you but then you know if you're 26 now when you were 22 the pain was just still too much and you needed to get on the Vicodin and you've been taking that for four years but now your lifestyle changes have meant that you only need a fraction maybe 20 percent of the amount of Vicodin that you needed prior okay so awesome tell us about uh, what you're doing with Bikram yoga there's a lot of excitement in your studio around your progress. Yeah, yeah. You know, my my teachers are awesome. Like they they're just so encouraging and they're just like, go Katie, go. You know, and uh yeah, my my first day I was like, whoa, like I don't know if I can do this. And 
I was like, you know what, Clint wants me to do this, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it every day and see what happens. And, uh, you know, the first couple weeks, I was actually in a lot of pain throughout the yoga. Like, I was like, what is he talking about, this pain relief? Like, this is really painful to me. (laughs) It was hard. But then, you know, after a couple weeks, I started noticing the pain relief just a little bit at a time. And, um... And then just started noticing my ankles loosening up and my toes loosening up, my knees changing, and just a lot of little, tiny little things that I started noticing. And then uh, after a couple months, a couple of my teachers suggested that I started using a strap to grab my leg because I couldn't grab my leg from behind me. And so they suggested that I use the strap. And so I was like, oh, yeah, maybe, yeah. (laughs) Finally, I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, because it was humiliating to me to use the strap. And, you know, because I don't normally like asking for help. Like, I want to do things on my own. And, you know, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to go and do it. And, you know, when I started out with yoga, I always it was in the back row and slowly I started moving up to the middle row and so now I'm up to the front row and I have my little spot that I go to every day (laughs) that's awesome yeah 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 yeah. for those people who don't know Bikram yoga there is a hierarchy in the position that you stand so all newcomers get told to stand at the back now I spent like I would have been at the back for a year, right? So you're way ahead of where I was. I was at the back for a year and then I did like a year in the middle. You know, I I still feel weird standing in the front because when you have had long-term rheumatoid, we do have some parts of our body that don't work normally, right? So neither of my elbows can straighten perfectly, okay? So even though, you know, there's no inflammation there, the damage has been done and I still am a little self-conscious when I'm doing the postures in the front row and wondering whether or not the teacher's going to say something because with me it was always, Clint, straighten your elbows, straighten your elbows. And inside, you know, you if only they knew, right, even conversations with the teachers outside of class, but you get them into class and they've gone back onto Nazi mode, straighten your elbows and like, come on, we spoke about this, I can't do it, right? <laughs> so... Uh, so, yeah, okay, well, you're in the front row. Good for you. This is exciting. Yeah. And the thing about the front row is that it puts you into, like, I've got to set a standard kind of mode, and that's positive pressure. You want that once you're capable of handling that pressure. You want that pressure on you because because it drives you a little more. And, and, and also, no one gives a CRAP of what you look like anyway. They're all in the back struggling themselves. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's the place to be. I'm really happy for you. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's definitely built on my self confidence. You know, just you know, and just accepting. You know, this is who I am, and you know, I'm going to do the best that I can. And uh, so yeah, so I, you know, I started going in the front, and then using the strap, and um, you know, I'm putting my my hand out and touching the mirror so that I was able to balance easier. And just a few weeks after using the strap, I was actually noticed that my hand was like super close to my ankle in the in the standing bow pose. 
And I was like, whoa, that's really crazy. So I was like, so the next, so the second set, I dropped the, the strap and grabbed and just reached behind me and just was able to grab it, my foot. And I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I turned to my, you know, to Angela, the, the teacher, and I was like, Angela, like, are you looking at me? <laughs> And, yeah. And so, as soon as it was over, I was I came out and I was like, "Oh, take a picture of me!" And she was all so excited for me, and it was just so, you know, so nice to just be able to share that with somebody and uh, and have that support. And uh, and so she took the pictures, and I was able to share it on Facebook and stuff. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that that was like my first big breakthrough you know but then after like a couple weeks after that like I was able to when you're laying down and you're pushing your your spine up yeah yeah I think so yeah cobra so before that I always had my hand like this twisted under you yeah the, the the back of the hand was on the ground rather than the palm yeah yeah um, so that's how I always did it, but then I was just like, you know, I'm just gonna see if I can do it like this, and you know, and I was, and I'm now I'm able to do it. You know, it's not as it's not perfect, but you know, but I am able to do it, and that's another huge, huge improvement. Wow, and because these aren't just improvements in yoga; these are dramatic life improvements for life. See, you know, no one else could appreciate unless they've been through this sort of level of severity of condition that that to be able to put your hands into the correct position when you want them to go there after having, what, you know, nearly decades of not being able to do it, it's absolutely life-changing. And so I always say small improvements are massive improvements with rheumatoid because if you've made an improvement against a disease that is a continual sort of disease or a uh, degenerative disease, then you've reversed the typical trend. And most people are just doing it through the medication approach. And even then, you know, it's rare to find, very rare to find a case where they're medicated to the max and still not having some kind of slow sort of activity going on against them. So, to be able to uh, keep your medications at the same level and then to make these improvements, they are massive, massive improvements. So what's your sort of day-to-day feel like compared to before? Are you now able to have less morning stiffness? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I stopped having morning stiffness the third day of the program, actually. I woke up and just was able to get out of bed with no problem. You know, which is crazy. I mean, for 26 years, you know, I've woken up stiff in some way, you know, and uh, and so to wake up and just feel light and no stiffness was just crazy. So, yeah, I haven't had morning stiffness ever since January. (laughs) That's, That's remarkable. That's remarkable. Okay, so this is all great. So... We've got, I've got about another 20 minutes with you at the most, maybe 15, because I know that uh, our time schedules here are tight. So 
tell us, give us, I mean, you have such perspective that a lot of people may not have during, given the length of the disease and the severity of your condition. What's maybe a, a piece of advice or some encouragement for people looking to do any of the things that you've done? I mean, whether it be the, the yoga or the, the dietary or the stress reduction or I mean, is the mo- some put some sort of um, thoughts behind that? I would just say, you know, that there's hope, you know, and to just not not give up, and that even though you know, even if you might not see progress right away, either way, you're you're helping your body with this this program. Yeah. <laughs> Um, (laughs) when I grew up, growing up, I just, I always had a positive attitude for, um, I'm not sure how I had that. I think it's, (laughs) um, but like, I remember, I remember when I was small, my sister had some friends over and I was watching from the hallway and I was watching one of her friends put her hair up in a ponytail Mm-hmm. And I thought, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, man, you know, one day, one day I'm going to be able to put my hair up in a ponytail. And like, I was just, and so I remember working on it every single day. I would work on putting my hands up, you know, at, to do that. And it took me a long time. And I don't remember exactly, but I remember the day I was able to reach back and put it in a ponytail and I was just so excited and you know and so I remember I remember actually going up to one of my sisters and being like hey I can put my hair up and uh and I remember her saying uh she was like well there's there's still lumps in your hair though and and I remember just being like oh and like kind of sad and like you know and but then I thought to myself I was like okay well that's my next step that's what I'm gonna do next I'm gonna work on it until I have no bumps in my hair you know like I I didn't you know I mean yeah it was sad and yeah I cried a little bit but I picked myself up and just made it my next goal you know, and that's kind of just the way that I've always been. It's just always looking towards the goal and like, you know, and like it doesn't matter how I get there. It's the results that I want, you know, so. Totally agree. Nothing beats the results, right? Yeah. I used to work in a fiber optic startup company way before I got involved with entertainment and before I got sick. And um, we used to work in the production of, fiber brag gratings which uh, on a nanoscopic scale and they filter light so we used to use laser beam light to actually create filters for light that go into undersea networks and are the backbone of today's internet so that's what i used to do before i got involved with other things and i was in charge of production but i had a, a technical background research background in these particular fiber brag gratings and i used to get into somewhat reasonable debates with some other members of staff, which was pretty ballsy at my age because I was straight out of university, 23, 24, and arguing that it doesn't matter that we don't quite understand how these things are being made. 
right? I came up with some additional techniques to refine and improve the productivity in the, in the way that they were made. But it wasn't obvious as to why it worked. But I just maintain it doesn't work. All that matters is the results. Because we can't look into an optical fiber at that level. We can't see nanoscopic. It's, it's may never be able to be viewed by the human eye. But we can look at the results and we can run tests and we can say it works. And it's, that's the bottom line. And it's the same with rheumatoid arthritis because we can't look into ourselves and look at our gut lining and look at the interactions of the gut bacteria with the intestinal wall and with the immune system and look at how all of this is going on. It may never be fully and completely understood, but we don't need to know. We don't, what we need is the results. And so you're example of uh, with your hair and everything, although it's a childhood and a very sweet example, it's exactly the same. So we don't know sometimes why, but if we get the results and there's no downside, then we know what to do. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Well, what are, any other final comments or thoughts? What about what's next for you? Tell us what your goals are. And I'd like to chat to you again down the track. Tell me what you'd like to achieve, say, in the next 12 months. Uh, well, you know, I'd like to, in yoga, I really want to work on bending my legs all the way down to where I can sit on my knees. Like that's, Actually, that's kind of what I've been wanting to do my entire life, actually, you know, because I've seen kids, you know, always sitting on their knees, you know, play duck, duck, goose or whatever, you know, and they're all sitting on their knees and I'm there with one leg, one both legs out on sideways, you know, like, you know, that's, that's always kind of been in the back of my head. So, you know, but now with this yoga, it's like, that's possible. Like it's, it's going to happen one day. And so, yeah, just working on my knees and my ankles and stuff and yoga, and then just also working on lowering my, my Vicodin and hopefully lowering my Embril you know, there's actually this past month or so, I have kind of forgotten to take my Embril every week just because I'm feeling so much better. It's like, you know, I mean, it's in my fridge. It's like, okay. And, uh, you know, so I've been able to space it out to every other week. And sometimes I skip it for two weeks and like, I don't feel any different which is crazy because before this program, if I missed a week, I would wake up more stiff. There would be a lot of problems, you know, but now that I'm now it's like, yeah, I can space it out every other two weeks or so and not feel it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I see my rheumatologist next on Monday so I'm hoping to sh share with him my progress and see if we can get something started. <laughs> yeah, and for those people who aren't familiar with all the intricacies of, of my recommendations with this, with the uh, biologic drugs, we've got a couple of variables with regards to lowering. We've got the spacing, which you've talked about just now, and we've also got the dosages. You know, there's a couple of options there with regards to what to work on. But certainly that's a discussion to have with your rheumatologist and get their input and, and see what they say. Certainly I would just remind you what you already know, but more for our 
audience that you want to be hitting at least uh, two or three consecutive months of ideal or perfect blood results with your C-reactive protein and SED rate. I think offline you've told me that yours have always been quite good and it's not a particularly good indicator for you. Is that correct? Um, well, yeah, no, since I've been on Embrel, I'm down to normal normal numbers and I've been like that for a few years. Okay, well, here's a little tip. What I would suggest is get, get him to set you back up on monthly blood tests and get him to switch across, if you're not already, get onto the high-sensitivity C-reactive protein test because once you're in the normal range, which is most countries, zero to five milligram per litre, then you really need to um, tune up the uh, the amount of sensitivity on the test so that small changes can be identified. So last blood test I had, you know, I was, I was annoyed because I, for, well, I forgot to ask and it was just less than four milligrams per litre. And I'm like, well, that's useless. I knew that. I wanted to know whether or not it was below 0.1, right? You know, so that's the thing. You've got to, uh, yeah, I would get him, because get he or she, because you're about to have this meeting shortly, get him, get he or she to uh, ask for the, uh, the monthlies and get high sensitivity C-reactive protein because it's actually a different test than the standard CRP. So you can't just... Uh, use the same test. So it has to be a different test. So yeah, because I'd be real, I'd really like to see numbers month to month and, uh, and help give you my thoughts on what I would do if I was to, to see those numbers and to talk through with you on our, on our online platform, whether or not, um, you know, it's a, it's more of a long term or whether or not it's something you can look at over the next six months or so in terms of a small reduction. I, my guess is it could take a couple of years um, with your, with your solid determined effort to be able to, uh, you know, make some dramatic reductions on the drug if everything goes perfectly. Mm-hmm. But certainly the Vicodin, let's hope you can get off that pretty, pretty soon. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're running up to time and uh, I just have a real sort of sensitive and, and sweet spot for your, your situation and for you as a person because, you know, you mentioned earlier how you're always being positive and it just comes through in... Um, in, in droves, in communicating with you face-to-face. And it's been really, really a great opportunity to chat with you and to put you in front of a, a large group of people with this condition because you have uh, been through every adversity and still as a very young woman uh, able to laugh and be enthusiastic and communicate about it with, you know, a sort of optimism that, isn't necessarily the case for a lot of people who have had it for less time and also only as an adult. So my huge sort of appreciation for, for everything that you've been through. And if only it hadn't have happened, well, we, you know, we were dealt some cards and we, we, we can't do anything about that, but, but just like you're, you've been demonstrating from day one, you know, you set your mind to it and you go and get it done and you don't question why you just think about what can you do about it? And, yeah, you're, you're inspiring to me and I'm sure everyone watching this is going to be really pleased that they spent the little bit of time that they have on with you and I on this call. Yeah, and, you know, and you're also one of my top heroes. <laughs> um, you know, I just, oh, I, I talk about you all the time at, like, my work and everything and, like, so many of my friends know who you are and, um, you're just so, I mean, you are so inspiring to me too. And one of my top heroes and I just love you. 
Thank you. I love you too. And uh, it's just, you know, isn't it great that something so bad can bring two strangers together to talk about optimism and positivity and life? That's, that's, that, that, there is good in everything. You know, there is good in everything. And humility is a wonderful attribute. And for me, humility had to come about through adversity for a very long period of time because I didn't have a lot of humility in the past. I didn't have a lot of empathy in the past for people who had health conditions and for people who, you know, were dealt a poor set of cards. And that's all changed. Now my life is all about compassion and empathy and humility because with an autoimmune disease, whether it be at a 99% level of difficulty or just a 1% difficulty level, there's always going to be some degree of difficulty for life. And with that comes humility. And I think that uh, if we can embrace that positive aspect of having the condition, it helps handle all of the negative aspects of the condition, of which we know there are many. Yeah. So let's keep doing what we're doing. Let's keep, right. uh, let's keep smiling and keep making quality plans and making, taking massive action towards improving our condition because we can defy the odds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> big high, in fact, big cuddle. And uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on this episode. And uh, I'm going to let you get back to your day. And I look forward to talking to you online. All right. Thank you. <laughs> You've been listening to the Patterson Program. For more information, visit pattersonprogram.com.